if you're overeating and you're binge eating, and I used to do all of those things, get down to the why of it. Why are you doing that, right? It's not all about the food. It's something behind that. And when you're able to address that, that's when you'll be able to address the symptom, which is the overeating. Losing weight isn't easy. And some days we can feel like we need some extra help. Welcome to the Weight Loss Warrior podcast, the show where we share inspiring real life success stories from normal everyday people like you and I. Listen to how each of our guests managed to overcome their personal challenges to lose the weight they wanted as they talk about the secrets to their success and give great advice that you can benefit from. Become part of our tribe and use the Weight Loss Warrior podcast as your source of motivation and support to help you on your weight loss transformation. And now your host and friend, Carl Radley. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Weight Loss Warrior podcast. I'm Carl, your host, and I'm very pleased to be joined here today by Tinera, coming to us from Pennsylvania in the US, and she's here to share her story of how she has lost 100 pounds naturally. Tinera, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Happy New Year as well. Happy New Year to you as well. And uh, I, I can't wait to get into this. And I think before we jump into you know how you managed to lose 100 pounds, because it's con- well, congratulations, first of all, because it's absolutely outstanding. Um, I, I'm sure everybody on the podcast will be very excited to hear about your story. Could you just maybe tell us a little about yourself to start with? Uh, yeah. So um, let's see. I am one of eight. So I come from a really big family. Um, I have seven siblings, four brothers, three sisters, and we're all really, really close. Um, I would say um, I wasn't kind of always overweight. That happened through um, having children, essentially, <laughs> um, after I joined the military. And um, I was in the military a little bit. I I, I traveled a lot. Um, and then I decided to come back home to Pennsylvania to be a little bit closer to my family. So, Dinara, tell me about leading up to you know obviously you said having children contributed to your weight gain and tell me a little bit about the kinds of changes that you went through obviously apart from the obvious of gaining weight from having children after giving birth did you find it difficult to lose weight was it something that wasn't a priority for you because I imagine being a new mum this was probably not something the first thing you think of there's so many other things happening. that's true I was really more concerned with um just being a mother. Um, and my kids, I kind of got pregnant back to back, you know, by the time my first daughter was four months, I was already pregnant again. Um, and I, I had kind of high risk pregnancy. So like you said, my, my concern wasn't, hadn't had nothing to do with the weight. I didn't really care what that was. I just wanted to make sure that my kids got into the world, you know, safely. Um, and then kind of after having kids, it was just, you know, being a mom, having, you know, I had two little ones. I had a, a newborn and a one-year-old. Um, so it was really just uh, submerging into that process. And I was also, you know, I had a husband. So, you know, uh, married life and being a wife, all that kind of kind of takes takes dominion over, over everything for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people I hear say often, you know, you, you end up putting yourself last and, and don't give yourself the attention that perhaps you had the time to do before, you know, things change and you, you start a family and, I, I think that's true. And, and I know I, I have two young boys and they're two years apart. And mm-hmm. I know that the, the early years, especially, they're very demanding of your time and energy. And it's just a case of, of getting through it, I think. Right. Yeah. For me, it was, you know, I had my little people and I was still finishing up school. 
Um, and you know, I had a lot going on. So kind of, uh, the weight loss process, I couldn't really dive into it. You know, even though I did, you know, want to, to, to lose some weight, I really couldn't get too far submerged into that process just because I had so many other things I was juggling at the time. I quite understandably so. And especially if you were studying as well, that's, that's, I mean, an incredible achievement to be able to, to juggle all of those things at once. And so let me ask you then, at what stage did you make a decision to, to change things and to begin your weight loss journey? So the biggest thing for me was, um, when my, my youngest daughter, she, you know, when she turned about a year and she started kind of walking and, um, and I'm taking them to parks and things like that. And I didn't feel, I didn't feel good on the inside. Does that make sense? And, and not in terms of feelings, but in terms of like my body, um, I, I, I was always a very active person and I loved to like hike and, and take walks and um, just be out and about. And I, I couldn't do that. I was, you know, tired. Um, I was tired all the time. I didn't feel good all the time. And I just couldn't like keep up with my children. Um, I couldn't do all the things that I wanted to do. And so that was kind of the, the, the first thing. Well, the main thing that was like, I need to make a change because um, I know how I want to live the type of person that I am and how I want to raise my kids. And I'm not able to do that fully um, in the body that I currently had. Fair enough. And I'm guessing you said you were in the military before starting a family. I'm guessing you had quite an active life previously. Yes. Um, I was, I, I love my time in the military. Um, that's where I met my husband, what my then husband. Um, and, you know, I, I was always, Obviously, if you're in the military, you have to be active. You know, you have to you have to take your PT test every every year. You have to um, stay in a certain weight for your um, for your age and your height. Uh, so it's you know, there's some serious parameters around that. So I was always a very active person. Um, even before I joined the military, I was a runner. I used to run three miles a day. I you know, I moved to Colorado. I got into hiking. So I was always a very active person. I love being outdoors. I'm an outdoorsy person. I love nature. Um, so all of those things were really important to me to like be able to get back to that. I completely understand. And so you, you said, I think is when, when your, your youngest was around one, you decided that you might, you wanted to make a change. Is that right? Yes, I did. Um, when she started kind of walking and I had two little ones that were like walking, not walking, running, they run. <laughs> at that age. Yeah. And you have to try and catch them as well. Right, it can be quite dangerous know, otherwise. Trying to kind of keep up with them. Um, and then I had other mothers that, you know, we had little mothers groups where we would kind of hang out with each other and, you know, take the little, little ones to play. Um, and I just wanted to, I wanted to be able to, to kind of keep up. It was a lot of, you know, I was living in Italy at the time. Um, so there was, there was a lot to do that I wanted to do, you know, and I wanted to feel good while I was doing, it. I didn't want to be tired. I felt like I, I was always overly exhausted, if that makes any sense. Uh, it makes complete sense. Yeah. And and I've always said that since having children that I don't think I, I don't think your energy levels get back up to 100% again, but you just get used to living at about 75%. Right. <laughs> get used and that's about as good as it gets. You know, if you get, if you get four or five hours sleep, that's a great result. Right. And I, I honestly don't know what I did with my time before having children. 
I say the same thing. It's like anytime where I don't have my kids for whatever reason, I'm like just looking around. I'm like, what did I used to do with myself? Like, I don't even know what to do with my time if I don't have kids to, to you know, tell me what I need to be doing. That's correct. And, uh, and I think, I mean, whether you have children or not, I, I think there's so many things happening, be it work or, you know, socially, sports. There's, there's always stuff to to fill your time and I think when you become a parent that dynamic shifts quite dramatically and it can take some time to actually regain that or, or even like you said before have the energy or to stop take stock and think okay so how do I feel what what do I want to do for myself next and I guess when they start to get a bit older you see that light at the end of the tunnel and the ability to maybe concentrate on yourself a little bit more don't you think? I, no, I agree completely. I think it it almost when they're so young, it almost feels um, selfish to do things for yourself, even though you know it's not. Even though you know that you should be still taking care of yourself, um, because they need so much, it almost feels selfish to kind of focus on yourself, even you know f- for a longer period of time. Um, yeah, so I think I get that you go through those feelings of. Um, Am I taking away from my family? Am I taking away from my kids? Um, you know, when you're doing something for you. Of course. But you mentioned a few of the feelings you had, the emotions that, that, that came up as you start to, I think, become more aware of the fact that you're, you're not putting yourself first. And, and you, you mentioned that you just didn't feel right in yourself. And did you did you notice that impact in your life in any way? Absolutely. It, it took me I actually went through a massive depression. I think it, it was a couple of different factors. Um, my Our first child, uh, I had a son um, and he was born prematurely and we lost him. So that coupled with not feeling like myself, um, not being able to really take care of myself in the way that I wanted to, uh, it really kind of all kind of compiled on me to 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 be kind of super depressed and to feel like, you know, I needed to take care of myself and I need to do things for myself, but also feeling selfish in that, right? Feeling like, you know, it's, it's about my children right now. It's about my marriage and my husband. And, uh, I don't want to take away from that. And then, you know, my husband, he was still active duty military at the time. So, you know, he comes and he goes and sometimes he's away for, you know, months at a time. So it's like when he's home, I want to be like fully submerged into, you know, into the family, you know, family life. Of course, of course. And and I will just say as well, Tanera, I'm sorry to hear that you, you lost a child and weight loss and everything aside, that in itself is a an extremely, extremely, probably the hardest thing you, you will have to go through. Um, my wife and I, we, we, we lost a child uh, just over halfway through the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's, it's, it's honestly, as an adult, I don't think anything can prepare you for that pain and I completely agree. understand why having and suffering depression could come as a as a result of that and it it takes time and you you need time for yourself and like you say if you're doing a hundred other things and can't give yourself that time to to go through the motions to grieve to get back on track eventually it can catch up with you I think and that's when the depression can hit and it's it's something I think a lot of people suffer from but it's something that is such a personal thing that it affects everybody differently absolutely And what I think is interesting is that once I started incorporating, you know, a workout into my day, 
it made me feel better. And I, you know, of course, you know, working out gives you endorphins with, you know, which lightens your mood, but also it just felt good to be, to be doing something about what was making me unhappy. Even if I didn't see the results today, right? Like I know that I trust the process. I trust the process and I know that I'm, I'm putting in the right behaviors. So in the future, things will be different. So I think just taking those steps sometimes can, can, can help you um, in, in the emotional piece of that. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I think it's, I think, like you said, even if you don't see results from day one, our bodies are pretty good at kind of directing us mm -hmm. in what's best for us, even if we don't see it for ourselves at that moment. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we start taking better care of ourselves, start doing sport. And uh, like you say, you, you, you get endorphins from that. Your body gets a dopamine hit. It feels good. And that kind of tricks you into doing it again, even if you're not quite sure exactly what's driving it. Mm -hmm. And so in your case, then you decided and you started running again. Was that your first step to, to losing weight? Tell, tell me about your your journey itself. Once you'd made the decision to, to put yourself first for, for a change and, and to actually um, make some changes that you wanted to. So it's interesting. So I went through a first, my first process was we had this really, um, this group of uh, moms and we wanted to, we all wanted to kind of shed some weight. I was definitely the, the biggest one there. You know, most of the women wanted to shed like 10, 15 pounds. We started working out maybe a few days a week together. Um, that group kind of fell apart just because, you know, just a lot of different factors when when you're military, people, you know, leave all the time. They're PCSing, which is mean like they're going to a different, you know, duty station. So after that, I started to go to the gym. And my first thing was I would walk to the gym, you know, or or I tried to jog, but, you know, at 250 pounds, I'm 5'4". It, you know, it was a little difficult to, to just jump back into running. So I would walk to the gym, which was about a mile and a half away, you know, do a 30-minute workout and walk home. And kind of that would be my kind of cardio portion um, of, of the workout. And then, you know, eventually I, I was able to actually run to the gym, right. And, um, do a workout and, and come home. And, um, I felt really good about that. It was like, that was my hour and a half when I went to the gym, that was like my me time, you know, that was my, that was mommy's time. That was just when I wasn't, you know, I wasn't mom, I wasn't wife. I was, I was just snare, right. Like, and those moments can be great when you, when you start having kids, when you get married and start having kids, because, Sometimes it feels like you're, you never get to be yourself. You're always something, someone else is something. I can relate. And I think it's, it's interesting because I think for a lot of people will probably think that, you know, mums have it harder, mums have it tougher. And I think there, there is that feeling. And to some extent, I, I'd say it's probably true as well, uh, especially in the early years of having a child because children tend to naturally navigate towards their mums and right. their dads and that's taken time with, in, in our case anyway with our children for them to warm to me and and need me as much but they still always go to their mum first if they can mm -hmm. and but I, I can still relate to what you're saying because having that spare time I mean I, my, I go to the gym at six o'clock in the morning and a lot of people say oh you're crazy why would you get up so early to go so, but honestly it, it's it's for two reasons one it's really the only free time where it doesn't disrupt the rest of the schedule for the day. Mm -hmm. And also because I love getting up and, and starting off with something for me because it makes a difference for the rest of my day. And it sounds as though you, you had a similar experience. Yes. So very, very similar. I would, 
Um, I didn't do it in the morning though. It was usually in the afternoon when my husband would come home from work. You know, I would kind of do the mom thing all day and um, cook dinner, make sure everything was ready. And then when my husband came home from work, I'd, you know, sit everybody down, make sure everybody was fed. Um, and then I, you know, hightail it to the gym. And that was almost therapy, I think, for me at that time. That's great. And how about your, your diet throughout that stage when you, you know, you return to the gym and, and if I could ask as well, how your, your eating habits and, you know, your daily eating had been before you started deciding to lose weight? So before I started to lose weight, I pretty much just, you know, ate what was, you know, pleasing to your palate, essentially, right? You eat for taste. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of pasta. Pasta is my best friend. Well, it's not your best friend, but I loved it. I was eating fast food, eating out all the time, eating a lot of pasta, a lot of bread. My eating has gone through a few different transitions, and I can't lie. I've I've tried all the fad diets that you possibly could. I was vegan for about six months, cutting all carbs, right? I, I tried a couple of different things. What really st- worked for me is when I stopped dieting, if that makes sense. I really just ate what was good for me. I ate real food, no preservatives, and what was going to fuel my body in the way I needed it fueled to perform the necessary functions, right? So that and intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting has been has been everything, honestly. I I swear by it. I would never, I know there's some people that don't, but I swear by it and I would always recommend it for anyone who's looking for that lifestyle change. Yeah, it's something I've done for a long time. Do you, do you do like 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of eating? Yes. Yes. For the most part. Um, and sometimes I, cause I think it's really important to take your body, you know, if you're eating all day long, your body is always in a state of digesting food, um, which takes away from its ability to focus on other functions that your body needs to perform. So I think it's important to go through a fasting period so that your body is going through a period where it is not having to work to digest food. It's very strange we're having this conversation today, Tanera, because literally this morning in the gym, I, I go with a friend and, you know, new year, new habits and stuff. And, and he's quite new into the gym. And we were talking about intermittent fasting, exactly that. And, and he's been doing quite a bit of reading over the holidays about it. Mm-hmm. And he was sharing exactly that with me and saying, you know, that your body has a chance to focus on other functions, mm-hmm. healing, um, and, and he also explained that they've done some studies now because it's been, people have been doing it for that long, mm-hmm. that it can also be preventative for later um, diseases and, and some issues, you know, health issues that can occur in later life. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think that it's beneficial for two main reasons. One for that preventative and, and other health benefits, but also because if you don't start eating till later on in the day, you just don't have the opportunity to consume so many calories and, and that risk of overeating is reduced. Absolutely. And I think, um, and it, 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 it's hard at first, you know, when I tell people, you know, about the intermittent fasting, they're like, I would die if I didn't, you know, eat breakfast and all. And I'm like, you won't, I promise you, I promise you'll be okay. And eventually your body starts to really, your body is a, is a wonderful, awesome machine. The architect was amazing uh, because your body will respond to to what what you what you ask of it, and it gets used to, you know, it get it get used to a process. So if you start to intermittent fast, 
Of course, at first it'll be difficult, but after a while, your body will naturally get hungry at the times that you normally eat, right? So your body, whatever you tell your body to do, it will fall in line. I found that in my case, especially that I'd read people saying that they, you, you get this kind of like energy boost in the mornings and because mm. it can also impact your hormone balance and things like that. And people actually had more energy and felt more alert first thing in the morning. And that definitely happened to me. And and to be honest, the only reason in my case I've stopped doing it is because of my gym sessions being so early in the morning, mm -hmm. because I, I enjoy eating in the afternoons and evenings. I, I really, that for me is quite important. And so I can't have both. I can't go to the gym and then not eat until midday because I, I do get too hungry. Um, and then in the evenings, if I don't eat, I, I get grumpy. So um, <laughs> I, I've kind of, I've kind of stopped intermittent fasting, but I am calorie counting and, and tracking my macros. So I, I've kind of exchanged one for the other and, and I'm still seeing benefits from doing that. But this isn't about me though. This is about you. Um, so, so tell me more about your journey. So you incorporated intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. You had a regular routine at the gym and, and you changed the kind of foods that you ate. You kind of ditched the fast food and a lot of pasta um, because I love pasta as well. I can, I was laughing to myself there when you said that, you know, pasta was my best friend and I, I it's, it's a dangerous friendship to have, but I completely relate to it. Uh, and so, I mean, you, you've lost a hundred pounds mm -hmm. and how long has that process taken and, and has it been a linear journey and have you made changes to your diet and your exercise throughout that time? So it has not been a linear journey. I'll tell you that. So a lot of times when people are asking like, how long did it take? I'll tell you, it took, I would say I lost the bulk of the weight about, it took about a year and a half to lose the bulk of it. And then the last maybe like 10 to 15 pounds kind of trickled off, you know, so full on about two years. Right. Um, so, but I, but I tell, but people are like, that's a long time, but honestly, there is, I would say it might seem like a long time, but like the time passes, you know, the, the time is going to pass. And so if you don't kind of do what you need to do, when the time does pass, you still won't be there. I've made a lot of different changes. Like at first, you know, like I said, I went through, you know, being vegan. I went through cutting all carbs. Um, and then I settled on intermittent fasting and really just eating what's good for my body. So I, I cut out a lot of preservatives. I try to eat, you know, fresh vegetables and fruit. I do eat meat now. I don't, I don't eat a lot of different types of meat. I'm more of a, you know, fish, seafood, sometimes chicken uh, type of person. And I don't actually eat meat every single day, but that works for me. So I feel like people have to find what works for their body. What, what, how does your body react to food? Just be very um, self-conscious about the foods that you're putting in your body and how your body reacts to those foods. So, you know, what works for me might not work for them to the next person and what works for them might not work for me, you know? So it's so important to just pay attention to your body, pay attention to how the foods affect you. Uh, for me, I cut out a lot of different meats because they make me feel heavy and tired. It's, it's interesting what you say there, because especially I think when you reduce the, the processed foods, you have an enhanced ability to actually listen to your body mm -hmm. by eating more natural foods. Because the, the problem is, I think when you're eating junk, 
you're eating lots of different foods, you're overeating. It's really impossible to know how you feel from eating each thing because it's such a mixture of sugar and highs and lows. And it, it's really just difficult to know. Whereas, like you say, if you have a quite a natural diet and you're eating healthily, mm. you probably would notice much quicker if you you have a piece of steak or something or, or something that makes you feel heavier or, or sleepy afterwards compared to a day where you might just go you know, have no meat and focus on vegetables and and feel that you have more energy but doing the maths I, I guess losing 100 pounds over the course of two years it's around one pound a week which I think for sustainable weight loss it, it isn't a particularly long time and like you said you're, you're gonna end up two years down the road at any point mm -hmm. so I guess you have to make a decision whether you're going to arrive there being a healthier version of where you are today or an unhealthier version and I, I think you obviously made the decision to, to arrive at a healthier version and tell me more if you don't mind about the benefits that you're seeing and feeling having lost that 100 pounds uh, a lot of different benefits I mean I'll talk about just you know, emotionally or mentally first, it, you, you feel more confident in yourself. I think when you've done something, and this could be anything, anything that's really difficult and it took a lot of self-discipline because discipline is really important over a long period of time and you actually accomplish that goal, it almost makes you feel like it gives you the confidence to really attack and tackle anything. I, I think the the biggest takeaway that I've, that I've had from my weight loss um, has actually nothing to do with like my physical health. It has more to do with my mentality. So through that process, it really changed how I looked at things, changed how I looked at eating as well, especially in, in, in the States. Eating is more of a pleasure, right? Like it's, it's fun. It's a social time. It's, you know, you, you eat for taste. Um, once I started realizing that, realizing the, the reality of it, that food is not actually for fun, it's actually fuel. It's like going to the gas station, right? Like it's fuel for your body. Um, so it's able to function in the way that it should. And so you want to put in, you know, you're not going to put soda in, in your gas tank. You're, you're going to put, you're, you're going to put fuel in there because that's, what's going to make the car run. And so your body is just a biological machine, you know, so you want to put in the correct fuel to make it run. And so the biggest takeaway I had is just the way that I looked at things, the way that I saw eating, the way that I attack things. I understand, I think through that process, it really gave me the confidence um, to attack things, to attack other aspects of my life and other goals that I have um, in a very disciplined manner and understanding that none of those journeys are linear. There's going to be weeks where you might gain some weight, you know, right? Or you fell off the wagon, you ate some some stuff you shouldn't and you feel really bad about yourself, right? It's, it's, not, it's not going to go as planned. You put out the plan, you, you make the plan, and you try to stick with it, but then you have to, you have to be, you have to be ready for those pivots, you know, just like life. So I think it, it really transferred into just life in general, like taught me a lot of lessons about just life. You have to be ready to make the pivots when necessary. I'm, I'm gobsmacked because <laughs> I, I absolutely love the fact you used that example of the fuel in the car, because this is something that I, I think I might have said it on one of my very first episodes, but this is the analogy that I use as well. And and tr completely truthfully, this is exactly how I describe it. And in the last 12 months in my journey, detaching myself from that emotional bond with food Absolutely. and just seeing it as this is what I need for my body to function properly. 
I'm going to give it the premium fuel that it needs so that it runs on a premium in a premium way. Mm-hmm. And you've just said it exactly the same way. I'm, I'm so happy about that, really. <laughs> it's um, it's great and, and so true as well. I think it's the perfect correlation because people don't realize that your body is, it's a machine and it works a specific way. And and so with, with diseases like, you know, diabetes being rampant in, in, in my country, it's like, this is something that is, under your control, right? Now you can't control everything. There are a lot of things in this world that are not under your control, but your body is. And so if you can control that, why not make it the best that you can, right? Like, and I'm not talking about aesthetically pleasing, but just being the healthiest version of yourself so that you do have a long and enjoyable life, right? Like you're not tired all the time. You're not cranky because of this food. You're not, you know, you're, you're really able to fully kind of enjoy your day to day because if you, you have the energy to do it. The foods that you put into your body, especially in my country, if you know, you're eating a lot of processed foods, like you're saying, it's pop, it's pumped with sugar and genetically modified. And so that also alters your mood. So the foods you eat also affect you emotionally. Um, And so the way that you eat not only affects your physical health, it affects your mental health also. You're hitting the nail on the head at every single phrase you say here, because it's so true. It's so true. And and I, I think it's sad in a way that we kind of have this mentality as, as you know, I think globally, I know very much, you know, obviously the Western world, but the US, and I think what happens in the US makes its way across to the UK and then the rest of Europe, I see that correlation, but, you know, things might be happening sooner in the US, but mm-hmm. there's now obviously a much bigger problem with obesity in the UK than there was 10 years ago. I just think the US was maybe ahead of us in that aspect. And I, I think it's sad, but we kind of, we look for new ways to kind of cure the problems we have rather than actually go to the root cause and say, well, and you use diabetes, you know, type two diabetes as an example there that we're we're looking at ways to cope with living with diabetes rather than trying to educate people not to get it in the first place. Right. Right. And then that's, you know, that's something I think there has to be a big shift. Um, But then again, trying not to get political on this. I I think there's so much money involved with a lot of these companies that they're given that reign to kind of market unhealthy foods, which is unfortunate. And unhealthy processes to, to lose the weight. I think, Um, When I was at my heaviest, I saw my doctor because I was, at that time, I felt like I was doing a lot. I was, you know, having a 2000 calorie diet. I was working out every day, you know, like five, six days a week. And I really wasn't seeing a lot of change. And so, you know, when you're putting a lot into something and you're not getting a return, it gets you emotional. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting in the doctor's office and I'm like literally bawling, crying. Um, And I hate crying in front of people. So that was a moment. And I just need help. I need you to tell me what I'm doing wrong, basically, right? Like, tell me what I need to do to make this happen for me. And her solution was, you know, well, there are, you know, surgical ways that can help you lose weight and the insurance would cover that. And I... I thought about it, you know, right. I definitely thought about it, but for me, it was just like, that was a no for me because like I said before, this is something that's under my control. This is not something that I can't do on my own 
before that there was, you know, any kind of any kind of gastric sleeve, people lost weight, right? Like it happened. So Yeah, yeah, for, for, for quite a long time, I imagine as well. Right. So, you know, I don't need that. I can do this on my own. I'm just asking you for the tools. And so I think that when medicine starts to be more surgical instead of giving people the tools to be able to do it on their own, that's when we run into a larger issue. Of course, yeah, it is correct. And I mean, it's not to say that there aren't situations and cases where this surgery does indeed obviously help people. Absolutely. But using it as a as a, a viable option instead of trying to diet first, instead of having a healthy lifestyle, I think is completely wrong. And like you say, people see it as a shortcut, but we've had someone on the, the show of the early stages who'd had a, a a gastric sleeve and I was amazed at just how challenging it is to live with that and mm -hmm. I think it's sold as like a quick fix and people often judge it as a quick fix and a, or a lazy option um but it's actually a very difficult thing to live with and cope with afterwards and it's not any kind of 100% success rate either or guarantee that you're gonna you know you just carry on the rest of your life and get slim because a lot of people actually can still gain weight with it. And then you find yourself with even more health implications because you've had that done plus you're overweight. So Absolutely. It, it, I, people don't totally realize you have you. to diet when you're on that as well. Like you have to change how you eat and how you live as well. Even, even when you get those types of, um, I guess, assistance. Of course. And, and I think, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish with this because otherwise we're going to need a second episode, I think. Ah. Um, <laughs> but the, the thing and that would be fine as well, though, it's not to say we shouldn't do one, but I, I think, You've just said there that, you know, this is something that's seen as kind of like you, you still have to diet when you're doing that. But for a lot of people who suffer from obesity, who are overweight, the food itself isn't a problem. There are much deeper traumas, mental health issues that have to be addressed and dealt with. And there's no surgery that fixes that. So you can do whatever you want physically to somebody to prevent them from eating. But if, if the mental health isn't there, then there's still a problem. Right. I agree. And I would say, you know, if you're overeating and you're binge eating, and I used to do all of those things, get down to the why of it. Why are you doing that? Right. It's not all about the food. It's something behind that. And when you're able to address that, that's when you'll be able to address this symptom, what is the, which is the overeating. That's really good. And I was just about to ask you if you had any advice for our listeners. And, and I think that's fantastic. Is there anything else that you would say to people having done so well yourself and, and from the experiences you've had that you would, would share with people who want to do something similar? If you have a large amount of weight to lose, you want to lose 100 pounds, you know, setting small goals is really helpful because it, it gets depressing like, oh, it's going to take me a year. Oh, it's going to take me, you know, um, the, the people who lose 100 pounds, the fastest is about a year, but that's still some time. But it's just, it's really important to set small goals along the way, small markers, which will help you get to that that larger ultimate goal. Great advice. Great advice. Tanera, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure hearing your story. Absolute pleasure getting to know you. And, and thank you for, for being our latest weight loss warrior. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. I'd also like to say a big thank you to you, our listeners. I appreciate you joining us at the Weight Loss Warrior podcast and would love that you become part of our tribe. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast to never miss a new weight loss warrior tell their story. We share brand new episodes every single Monday and Thursday and hope that you join us next time. You can also find us on Instagram where we share great tips and advice on how you can lose weight in a safe and sustainable way. Simply search for Weight Loss Warrior Podcast and follow us today. Remember, be kind to yourself and keep looking forward. You can achieve your goals.